Welcome to Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and explore the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I'm lucky to be joined by Suzanne Seplo, Assistant Vice Chancellor of Student Development and Health Academic Partnerships at UCLA. The areas within student development and health academic partnerships provide programs and services designed to support students reaching their full potential and achieving their life goals. Suzanne started at UCLA in 1995 and earned her doctor in educational leadership in 2001 and has continued her time as a Bruin working here since then. Suzanne, welcome to Bruin Success. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Thank you, Katie. It's great to be here. Wonderful. So to get us started, as Assistant Vice Chancellor of Student Development and Health Academic Partnerships, can you tell us a bit more about the functional areas you oversee at UCLA? Um, And then the second part of this question is, what's the biggest challenge and reward of your job? Well, as part of my portfolio, I kind of have two lanes within the Division of Student Affairs. So the first is Student Development and Health. And under that area, I have um, two big buckets of the Ash Student Health and Wellness Center and then the Counseling Center, known on campus as CAPS, and really focused on our medical and our mental health um, for the campus. Also in those areas, I have residential life, which, of course, is another big bucket for truly the, the campus had wanted to become a residential campus about 15, 20 years ago. And we've moved from when I came here in 95 of about five, 6,000 residents living on campus um, on the Hill to now close to 13, over 13,000 living on campus. And so with that, you know, we are kind of the student experience arm of the housing program. And so truly linked within student affairs to make sure that the focus is absolutely on the student experience. In addition, um, I also oversee the RISE Center, which is around our non-clinical mental health support and building resilience for our students. The CARE program, which is our sexual assault, uh, sexual violence, uh, advocacy and prevention and outreach program. And then um, I'm trying to think of all, uh, right. all of the areas. I was going to say, there's a, there's a list right now. <laughs> the other big area that I will not miss is our Bruin Resource Center. And of course, within our Bruin Resource Center, we work uh, with all students, but with uh, really particular attention to a number of student populations. And uh, I won't list them all, but um, some of them are undocumented students, are current and former foster youth um, are formerly incarcerated and, and system impacted students. And so mm-hmm. our students with dependents, okay, I'm going to list them all because I don't want anyone to feel left out. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, in our students in recovery, our students for recovery, we call it. And then in the academic partnerships lane, I work with our first year experience, our graduate student resource center, our transfer center, and our career center. So those are kind of the the big bucket areas of who I work with. And then within that, you know, the biggest challenges and the greatest rewards, I I will absolutely say I'm in this work um, because of people. You know, Mm -hmm. I started out in residential life and they always tell RAs um, to, you know, don't say you're a people person, but you know what? You can say I'm a people person. I like relationships. Uh, And so 
both, uh, I, I maintain a lot of strong connections with our students and I find great joy and a ton of reward working with our staff who actually deliver these um, services to students. So by all means, the reward are the relationships that I get to build with people. Um, the challenge is just managing the multiple responsibilities and that the reality is, it, the reality is that it's not easy to navigate college life. And uh, it's the challenge is trying to find mechanisms to really help our, our students and support them while they're navigating college life. Right. Absolutely. That's great. So how did you go from natural sciences biology student at Muhlenberg College in Pennsylvania to landing at UCLA to pursue your doctorate? And along that journey, what was maybe a pivotal moment that shaped your career in student affairs? Sure. So, yes, I was a pre-med science major at uh, my undergrad at Muhlenberg, small private liberal arts, and now I'm at huge public, you know, L.A. And... You know, I think that my original drive, I've always loved the sciences. I still love the sciences. Um, in fact, I'm co-teaching uh, Fiat Lux, and we're bringing both the science and the social science in together. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw my... that you were you were teaching too. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And uh, so that was my interest. It was my academic interest, and I, I enjoyed it. And I did think about going... Um, to medical school as an undergrad. And I think that was my draw as I just spoke about in terms of connecting with people. And a pivotal move was really in undergrad um, in my junior year when I had a, a professor in education who really just made my mind shift in terms of the impact mm -hmm. I could have through education. And, you know, it was ironic at the time because I really didn't think about going into education despite the fact that most of the women in my family, my grandmother was a teacher, my mom was a teacher, my oh, sister was wow. a teacher. I got a whole lot of yeah. uh, heroes of teachers in my right. family. Um, and so, I, you know, but this professor really made me be thinking about how, how I could impact uh, the world and build relationships through teaching and, and through education. And so I actually thought maybe I would go teach um biology or chemistry in, in uh, high school. And I also have a love for sports that I'm sure will come out. So I thought I could be a high school teacher and a coach. And maybe yeah. that was my direction. And then I did student teaching and I was terrible at it. Classroom <laughs> management was not my thing. And I was like, oh my God, get me out. Uh, this is not for me. And so I went and met with my dean of students to say, okay, I was thinking med school, now I'm not thinking med school, then I was thinking maybe teaching, now I'm not thinking teaching. <laughs> and so he said, you're you're so engaged in your undergraduate experience and, and supporting your peers, but engaging with faculty and staff. You could do what I do. You could be a dean of students. And I thought, oh, working on a college for the rest of my life would be amazing. Yeah. So he sent me to a graduate program and... Um, and I did my master's at Columbia, and then I started working. In this work, I feel like the work experience was really important prior to going back to get my degree. But once I came to UCLA, um, I learned about the EDD program, the Educational Leadership Program within the Graduate School of Education. It felt like a good fit for me, and I applied, and I was able to uh, be accepted into the program. Oh, that's awesome. What a great story. Thank you.
It's funny how that, I, I feel like a lot of people, that student affairs spark comes from this, just conversations like that. Like, Hey, do you know, you could kind of do what I do. And it's like, well, what, what do you do exactly? You know? And then it's like this whole world starts to open up of possibilities within higher education. So. Yes, yeah, it is. And a, a quick little fun story yeah. too, is usually yeah. those of us in student affairs, we don't often have like family members being like, oh, I want to grow up and be what you, right. like you and do what you do. <laughs> and yet I have a nephew who uh, was finishing up his master's and not sure what he was going to do and said to me, I think I want to do what you do. And I thought, oh, that's the best. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Um, so what do you believe is one of the top student development challenges college students face today? And how is UCLA working to address that challenge for students? Well, <laughs> I, it's hard to pick the top because I do think that yeah. there's a number of student development challenges um, for our students. I mean, I think the reality is for, for UCLA, a large portion, not everyone, but a large portion of our direct entry uh, students are kind of traditional age, 18 to 22 um, coming in. And I do think that the whole notion of that we thought about even 25 years ago of college is a time to really understand one's identity and um, explore that and understand it and make meaning and and different identities having different saliencies at different times is very true today. Um, and I don't think it's just for our direct entry. I see that with our transfer students uh, and even our graduate students. So I don't think it's just a linear or age limited uh, experience, but I do think that that still is a, a crucial and critical student development um, process for our students today. Certainly, uh, the mental well-being of our students is paramount for our community, and that's for undergraduates and graduates. And I think that um, how student affairs and, and the campus and the university at large is really thinking about this is truly multi-pronged in that it is beyond just kind of the counseling center being available. It's thinking strategically of first how the counseling center works and how we can be a support and a help and a treatment center for students. Um, but because of the number of students and the demand and just the capacity, it's not an unlimited service. And so we need to be strategic around the treatment, um, but also around the other supports and how do we prepare not just other staff, but faculty and peers to be part of this larger network um, of our own mental well-being. And, and I'm sure post-COVID, we're going to have even many more issues that are going to be paramount that impacts the, you know, positive mental health of all of us, um, right. but particularly how our students navigate that. So, you know, in addition to CAPS and CAPS thinking strategically and innovatively and collaboratively across campus, um, we have started the RISE Center, which is truly about providing non-clinical mental health support to our students, whether that's yoga-informed uh, yoga Infor trauma informed yoga. Sorry, I got it. Trauma informed yoga, um, 
or some of our art therapy, our mindfulness and meditation, uh, our drop-in, our workshops and activities, our connection, our community. And, and I think that we're seeing during this COVID period of time that, you know, this sense of isolation um, and we're calling it safer at home, but there's a lot of words coming out that are you know, problematic to who we are as human beings. And so social distancing, I think a lot of us are trying to say physical distancing um, because we are social beings and want to connect. Um, so the RISE Center is, is another piece that we're doing to kind of support students. Um, but institutionally, the Healthy Campus Initiative and all the, the prongs to that are part of, you know, helping not just our physical health, but our mental health as well. And those all have to come together. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's, and I think that's amazing to think about, um, all those different units that are working hard to, you know, support students. Like you said, not, it's not just physical health, but mental health and looking at ways like the RISE Center, you know, other ways that students are being able to take care of themselves or practice self-care and things like that. Um, so my next question is kind of, it's actually a segue a little bit off that one. Um, so as you mentioned, your position oversees areas that provide programs and services designed to support students reaching their full, full potential and achieving their life goals. I feel like many of those areas, um, such as counseling and psychological services, student resilience, Arthur Ashe student health services and career center, for example, have been significantly impacted by COVID-19. What's one or two um, projects or initiatives um, that have come from this that your units are working on to meet student needs and support them during this time? Sure. So I'll start with one of the units you mentioned last, but it's the Career Center. And, and one of the things that we're working on is a UC system-wide kind of fair for, with our employers, um, for our students. And that, you know, there have been, even pre-COVID, there was some work done on virtual kind of uh, employee, employer fairs. And uh, so here we're at the end of May, we'll be, um, work, we'll be participating in this employer fair for our students. And so I think that's a, a critical piece because right now with COVID, the work of the career center and certainly in partnership with, you know, our alumni uh, friends is critical for our students that are graduating. Our, our graduating students um, are probably having one of the most unique uh, in, in bittersweet experiences uh, of their time. And our UCLA students, as you know, have worked incredibly hard right. to get to this point. And so um, I think that uh, I'm wondering what will be next. And I think the more we can connect them with employers and the more we can support them, the better it will be. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I think that's such a fantastic idea to be able to, especially to do that UC wide and support students, especially those graduating seniors, like you said, who, you know, are most impacted by this. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I, you know, as I think about it, many, many of the departments have gone Virtual, and so our counseling center, our, um, our our Ash Center, the Bruin Resource Center, we're reaching out to students. We're holding workshops. We're doing one on ones. We're trying to um, maintain some level of you know this sense of community that we've worked so hard to create 
through the first two quarters um, and through many years. And so a lot of the efforts have been to see how we can remain connected um, both through programs and events, but also through the personal connection with our students. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. So um, as you mentioned earlier, being a people person, um, you work in a people and relationship oriented field, which of course requires a lot of energy given towards helping and supporting others. And it seems like it could be very challenging in your role to log off at five or six o'clock every day with the amount of leadership and responsibility that you have. How do you manage setting boundaries for yourself to have time outside of work for yourself, family and friends, hobbies, and you mentioned sports, um, or what does self-care look like for an assistant vice chancellor? I'm supposed to role model right now. Right? <laughs> oh no. Um, you know, pre-COVID or during COVID? Uh, so pre-COVID, uh, you know, it is you work for me, I've worked for my career um, and have gained greater sense of responsibility and greater um, level of responsibility over time. And, and that does come with the additional responsibility of work. Um, and so what I try to do for self-care is, you know, really on trying to take my weekends to be very present with my family. And trying to strategically schedule vacations and and time out of the office where my time can be very meaningful. I'm very fortunate to have a partner that has the ability to to be more at home with our kids. And so um, that supports kind of where I'm at in my career at this moment. And so, you know, I want to be truthful and honest in terms of it, it is not a it's not an eight to five job, right? Uh, right. It's not one you can just sure. turn off. It, uh, I try to be strategic of, you know, preserving dinner time and then going back on the computer uh, once kids are kind of uh, done with the engagement and interaction sure. with me. Sure. Um, yeah. Maybe not bedtime, but uh, yeah, settle down time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it is. Um, those are weekends and, and just intentionality around dinners and things like that um, are helpful. You know, I've also over the past um, year tried to think about my own health and body and, and well-being and have put some mechanism in place for that. And, and do actually also try to practice some mindfulness activities for mm-hmm. me that I find to be really helpful. Um, so, you know, infusing those in, I um I know a lot of times we say, what's the work-life balance? And Yeah, which is why I didn't exactly use that phrase because yes. I know it's just, you know, it's a myth. <laughs> right. I've heard it now as work-life integration. How oh, okay, you yeah. Work-life yeah. integration. And, and um, you know, I think, I think my family might give me a, a B plus. <laughs> I'm working at it. Yeah, sure. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's definitely challenging, but, you know, we're appreciative of all, of all you do for UCLA. Thank you. So normally I ask this question and I say since leaving UCLA, but since you um, came for your doctorate and have been here since, since graduating from UCLA, how has your career and life experiences shaped how you define success? Great. Thank you for that question, Katie. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, for me, both my, my professional and personal life have helped shape what it means for success. And, and as I reflect on my answer to the last question, which I don't know if I love, but, um, (laughs) but I do think that being able to create a family has really given me, um, perspective about what success is and, you know, success for me is truly about feeling good about how I'm contributing to society and how I'm contributing to the people that I love and feeling like I can, you know, when my time is up, both, you know, at UCLA or at on this universe, um, that I, you know, feel like I've left it better than mm-hmm. how it, I found it, um, although I didn't yeah. find it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I that, you. that phrase of, you know, leaving things better than you found. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think for me, that is true. I'm, I I want to be able to each night go to bed and just feel like I've done the best I could do. And I've contributed mm-hmm. in positive ways and, you know full circle while I didn't go to med school, this notion of do no harm, you know, I feel like, you know, contributing positively to society, contributing positively to my family. Um, that for me is success. Uh, it, Mm -hmm. it is not in titles. Um, it's not in positions. It's not in money. It's, it truly is, you know, feeling good about who the person I am and that, you know, I make mistakes and I've, I've learned that both in my workplace and I've learned it as a parent in that, you know, parenting is not an easy job. Um, whole new respect, you know, uh, in that, um, but, you know, being a leader isn't an easy job either. And, um, and I think what I've, I've taken from that is that success is truly for me giving it my best and knowing that there's going to be um, failures and there's going to be victories and that um, it's truly how I move through those uh, and how I respond is kind of the win of it. And so that to me is success. Yeah. Wow. I love that answer. Um, and I think it's so true when we think about, you know, individuals that work in, you know, helping professions or people oriented work. Um, like you said, being able to, you know, feel good about what you're contributing or to go to sleep at night and feel like you got to make a small difference or move the needle like a notch forward. So, um, I definitely can relate to that and feel like a lot of others that are, you know, in similar professions can um, resonate with that sentiment. So, um, well, that concludes our interview. So thank you so much for your time today. And it was really great um, to be able to get to know you and hear more about your UCLA journey. And once again, I just want to thank you so much for all you do for our students um, and contributing to their success and well-being. And especially during this time, um, we're so thankful for the work of you and your team and your colleagues for, you know, helping us get through this um, well on the other side. So thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you, Katie, for the opportunity to share. And uh, I I do feel like I've uh, just been so blessed and fortunate from UCLA and all the people that I've been connected with. And, and I think the other piece of success is also just recognizing that it is truly team. I was brought up on team sports and, 
And I do feel like success is doing this together. Um, it's not an I game. Uh, it's yeah. The work life, it, it's definitely a we game. And so I feel very blessed to have been connected with the folks that I went to school with at UCLA. So shout out to my peeps there. Um, and all the people that I've gotten to work with at UCLA, it, it's just been a blessing. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Suzanne Seplow, Assistant Vice Chancellor, Student Development at UCLA. You can find more information on Suzanne in the description of the podcast. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back with David Eisman, Managing Director at Goldman Sachs. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.